Hi, and welcome to From Many People's Strength, the podcast that covers Saskatchewan news and politics, or politics and news. I always say it the other way. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Corey Johnson, and my pronouns are he and him. My name is David Richards. My pronouns are he and him, or they and them. Okay, so we got a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, it feels like old times where uh, international news has sort of dominated the headlines and sort of some of the Saskatchewan stories, you know, fell uh, fell under the radar. Yeah. Um, we, that seems to have been a theme a lot since we've started this podcast this week, maybe a little more than uh, even usual. But um, it's uh, Wednesdays in January seem to be days of excitement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always when right. every Wednesday this month has been insane. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, there's still a fair bit of Saskatchewan uh, Saskatchewan news that did happen. So, um, yeah, we can uh, get into some of that and- <laughs> for sure. I'm lucky that I have like Saskatchewan based alerts coming at me all the time because otherwise I'd probably miss all of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't sort of sitting down to prepare for the show tonight. I'm like, I'm glad, like I'm glad I set aside a little extra time this week to, to read over some things. <laughs> Cause like I'm going through stuff. I'm like, I think I heard one bit of information ahead of time before I looked yeah. into stuff in more detail. Um, the, uh, the only thing that I did here were, uh, um, with some of the the pushback around the uh, the sponsorship, the fossil fuel sponsorship, um, yeah, the, and some uh, of the 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 city council met on uh, was it Sunday or Monday? It might have been Monday. Yeah, or I think it was the, the yeah the twenty fifth, whatever day that is. Yeah, um, and yeah, so yeah that, and yeah. ultimately they Sunday, backtracked yeah. on yeah. the ban on uh, fossil fuel companies or energy companies. Um, yeah. And I had said last week that it had already passed and it was, it would have passed committee, um, was the story right, I heard yeah. before. So they did yeah. vote on it, but they voted on it in committee. Um, and then it came to the, the full council and that's where it ultimately yeah. everyone sort of abandoned it. But, uh, I, you know, I hope, uh, I hope all of these, you know, uh, free marketers who think, um, you know, we shouldn't let our, our moral, uh, uh, Guy or ethical guidelines get in the way of uh, the city earning money from advertising. Apply that same ethical uh, fortitude to their to the all of the other things that aren't allowed to advertise on the city. So um, yeah, well that's right. The uh, I know they're not going to. I know that's um, <laughs> because the consistency because is not a thing. No. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, um, I was I was following a Twitter thread on um, on the the evening of the uh, city council meeting yeah. uh, by Paul Duchesne yeah. from Prairie Dog Magazine, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, he he did a great job. I I like yeah, I. Uh, uh, it was just amazing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like, sit there and keep up to date without having to listen to the whole bloody thing. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, I didn't listen to it, didn't watch the, the tweeting live, but I sort of have followed up with some of what Paul has written. I really, I really like Paul. I've, I've been interviewed by him a few times for various things around the city, and, um, I, I really appreciate his sort of approach to how he covers things. So, um, always very fair. Um, so, but it's um, yeah. Like, 
I can see both sides of it. Like I, I we talked about this a week ago. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's probably isn't cut and dry, but yeah. the, the thing that I was a little like, I don't know that this was the move that, you know, these people uh, like these counselors wanted to take them. I don't know that this is what their constituents wanted. I know that they felt a lot of pressure yeah. from uh, other forces to, uh, to make yep. this change. Yeah. And that's sort of where I, you know what? Individual constituents with like within the city stepping up and saying, Hey, we don't want this. Um, in my mind is a lot different from other levels of government dictating to the city. Um, yeah. what happens, but you know, in in the future, if we have a uh, if we have an NDP provincial government and a more conservative city council, I am absolutely certain all of the people who stood up and said, "Oh yes, absolutely, the premier of a province should have all the right in the world to threaten and dictate to, to city <laughs> councils." I am certain that they will hold to those values when there's an NDP premier well, sure, dictating yeah. to conservative city councils what we they can, can and cannot do within that. the city. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely certain there will be consistency there. <laughs> we can count on that. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that's, that's fills me with my sarcasm quotient for the evening. Um, <laughs> it wasn't dripping so, enough. I don't know. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So pretty, for, I don't know. It's it's frustrating, yeah. to be like to say the least. I guess. Yeah. No. It, it's and there's there's a level of hypocrisy within within conservative governments at the provincial level who lose their mind when the federal government tries to influence provincial policy in any way, shape, or form, even if it's something that's under federal jurisdiction, and yet right. they themselves will start dictating municipal issues to cities. Um, yep. It it's it 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 strikes me as incredibly inconsistent and hypocritical. Um, and, uh, you know, when it's at a level of, um, Hey, I don't like this. Okay. I can, I can live with it, uh, you know, and I can live with it when, uh, you know, uh, at the federal level, a, you know, a federal leader says, eh, it's not my, it's not my control. I don't like it. I'm not a huge fan of it, but ultimately, this is a provincial matter. Um, and I could get same thing if the, if Mo had said, you know, eh, I don't like this, but ultimately it's a city matter. But when they start doing threats like, oh, we're going to withdraw yeah. funding, we're going to, you're not going to get this provincial money. You're not going to get that provincial money. That's no longer, um, yeah, that, that, that is no longer, um, just citing an opinion. It, it's equating to unrelated things to one another. Again, it would be different if it was, hey, the province has allocated, um, you know, the province has allocated $10 million to help advertising the fossil fuel industry. Um, I may disagree with that policy in general, but if they say, okay, because, you know, we've, we've allocated this money for advertising this specific industry, and obviously the city of Regina can't get a portion of it because they're, they don't, they're saying no to it functionally. Right. right. Um, but it's, but this is a whole other thing, whole other thing where you're, where you're, you know, I'm going to take away something over here. That's completely unrelated to the issue as a punishment for a, what is it is very much just a municipal policy, uh, like a municipal policy on what advertising is allowed on municipal buildings or in (laughs) municipal spaces. Um, that's unrelated to 
the ways that the province had decided to threaten the city. Um, but I, uh, yeah, my own, my own, uh, sort of, I say socialist type values <laughs> sometimes end up, uh, um, falling prey to my vindictive streak when stuff like this happens. And just, I, I, I have this overwhelming urge to start fighting for city policies, um, within the city of Regina that really does just say, fuck the rest of the province. Then you know what? If the rest shit. of the province is saying fuck Regina and fuck Saskatoon and I know we hate the big cities. Um, yeah. the, then the, why should the cities care about them? Yeah. And <laughs> like yeah. as much as oil and gas are economic drivers within the province, um, the the major cities within the province are still the economic engines that drive yeah that drive the province it is it is um there's still so many things where the rural parts of the province are um net consumers i don't net net takers from the the government trough um compared to the cities that are are net contributors um and you see that across not just within the province, but everywhere. It really does seem the people who are most anti, the people who are most anti-socialist or most anti-collectivist tend to be from the areas that benefit from collectivism the most. <laughs> right. Uh, like, <laughs> I don't understand that phenomenon myself. And it, I still want to believe in these things. I still <laughs> want to believe that we are stronger when we work together. Um, that yes, of course. there, there is, you know, collectivism makes everyone better off. There are, uh, you know, win-win situations. There are non-zero sum <laughs> equations that work for the benefit of everyone. Yeah. But all but of the people who keep bad. insisting that that's not what they want, I kind of like, ah, oh, you know what? Let's, you know, let's have private roads. You want roads to not be government funded? Sure. Let's have each individual city um, pay for the yeah. roads that come to and from and just not have roads in the parts of the province that can't afford to pay for their own roads anymore. Oh, yep. you can't drive to the hospital anymore. You can only drive to the oil rig because the oil company paid for those roads. Yeah. Ah, I guess you can't go to the hospital anymore. I guess that sucks for you. Um which obviously I don't actually want. But fuck do I get frustrated when stuff like this happens. I was yeah, no, I when there was the fair. issues with the libraries, that was had me even more angry. Um that was, you know, two years ago, three years ago now. But um it was the same sort of thing where I'm like, you know what? Let's just have a rule. You can't take out books from the Regina City Library unless you're from the city of Regina. Um, let's stop having <laughs> Regina taxes pay for people in Emerald Park and non-Regina cities to be able to come to the Regina libraries and take, you know, get benefit from all of these services that the citizens of Regina pay for. Um, and then <laughs> I calm down and my temper fades and I'm like, you know what? No, it's not actually what I believe. And I actually believe in fighting for everyone. And it's everyone, not the fault. Yeah. It's not the fault of people who happen to live in conservative areas um, who, who don't vote that way yeah. and we shouldn't punish them for the stupidity of their neighbors. Um, <laughs> but You're on fire this, tonight already. I'm, I am, <laughs> Usually again, I'm the one who's like, fuck these guys. <laughs> and, and, and again, this is just one of those ones that gets under my skin 
where it is like people who who don't live in the major metropolitan areas who who keep wanting to dictate to the people who do and it yeah. frustrates me across the board but anyways that's the, that's uh, the story i don't necessarily know if that was the wrong decision by the city council um, right yeah to, i don't to, know to backtrack to to do the research like hey the cost is not worth it um like i said i think i mentioned this last week having you know influencing the companies and say hey we're not going to just blanket say no but if you're going to advertise here are some um here are some benchmarks we're going to need to see from you in order for right uh, like i that sounds great to me you know what 10% of the energy that you generate has to be from ethical sources or non-fossil fuel related or or whatnot right like um encouraging energy companies within the province to transition to renewables um yeah and encouraging them through um allowing sponsorship from companies who do rather than those who don't that that's probably a better approach because even if we can wean ourselves off fossil fuels we're never going to wean ourselves off energy completely because yeah like we literally need energy like that's just yeah that's right. <laughs> like, the uh <sighs> one of the concerns that i saw uh, from uh, some people on twitter was uh kind of an a concern that now whenever city council is trying to do something that's environmentally sound uh or make you know try to move to renewable renewable resources in some way then they're going to be pressured from outside uh, yep. sources to backtrack on those things as well because, well, we don't want to piss off the big oil companies. We don't want to piss off the federal, the yep. provincial government, you know. And yep. I think that's a genuine concern. I, I'm not not a fan of uh, my municipal government being afraid to do anything progressive yeah. because our provincial government is uh, a bully. Yep. But. I I don't disagree. Um, I think that's <laughs> certainly a concern. Um, so we'll 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 see. Um, uh, you know, where I think Sandra yeah. Masters in one of her interviews, and she voted against it right from the beginning. She's been opposed yes. us from the start. But one thing she talked about is, you know, we're we're early in our mandate. We're gonna we're gonna learn as we go. This was a learning experience for everyone, um, and that I agree with. I think I think yeah. folks are gonna figure this out. Um, yep. I'm I'm. <laughs> The right tends to be much, much better at death by a thousand paper cuts um, than the left. Like the left wants to do <laughs> yeah. big, dramatic, um, uh, visible action. Um, and that, I think, gets us gets the left in hot water. Um, I think you run into issues where the center left keeps having to prove to the further left that they are on the same side. So they have to make things big and bold and visible. Whereas the, the center right has learned how to quietly convince the far right that they're on the same team and then just slowly, but surely strip away, um, strip away regulation, strip away reproductive rights, strip away all sorts <laughs> of other things that the left likes. Um, yeah. And, and keep them on the same page without it being big and bold. They talk the big, bold game, but they never actually implement the big, bold steps. Um, so <laughs> I think the left needs to get better at being sneaky. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> right? Like just slowly. <laughs> oh, no. You know what? We're just, we're increasing. You know, we're increasing our um, reliance on renewables from, you know, 6% to 7%. That's not a big deal. And then just slowly, 
implement that every year, as opposed to saying we plan on being, and again, I'm just picking random numbers from the air on right. this, but like, as opposed to saying we plan on being at 50% renewables by 2035. <laughs> like, don't say that out loud. Just slowly increase it by 2% per year. Yeah. And you eventually, you're actually more likely to get there in the end because you won't get the pushback. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, it's, uh, it is what it is. Um, like I said, I don't necessarily think the final decision was the wrong decision. I just, I'm very, very angry and frustrated by some yeah. of the steps that happened along the way to getting there. Yep. So. So. Any other thoughts you had on that? Or do we, okay, I guess we move on. All right. <laughs> yeah, we can move on. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's move on. Um, all right. That was a sad story or an angry story. Let's. Yes. Um, uh, let's, um, talk about the happy story. Um, the one that just came out today. Okay. Yeah. We can do that. Uh, Pause. I may be, I may be, uh, screwing over the momentum of the podcast. Oh, no, not, no, no. Not leaving this for the end, but I think having some time to talk about the fact that, um, we had a number of people step up. Um, within the city and organize a parade in support of Dr. Shahab, um, yep. which I thought was, was awesome. Um, they remained socially distanced while doing it. They stayed in their cars. They didn't uh, completely undermine their own argument by gathering together in a large group, <laughs> which I had this vision in my head when I first heard this was happening. Um, right. like, uh-oh, there's a, there's a big rally in support of Dr. Shahab. I really hope people aren't stupid when they're doing it. And it sounds like they were. So, <laughs> sounds like um, they did it responsibly. So. They did it responsibly and respectfully. Um, no, it's good. I, uh, okay. One of the things, I'm gonna, yeah, sorry, go on. You, uh, I just was going to say, like, I'm going to admit my initial reaction to, uh, lionizing or uh, placing somebody on a pedestal is don't do it. Okay. <laughs> But he's had to deal with a lot of shit yeah. <laughs> over just trying to get us the right information. And so if you look at the signs of the people in the parade, yeah, a couple of them said hero. And you're right. Like lionizing is maybe not the, the best idea. But like they talk about things like thank you. Like thank you just is a great word. But like thank yeah. you for being respected, dedicated. Thank you for caring. Like yeah, putting someone just, on a pedestal. And thanking someone for the work they do are, yeah, are they're different a things. little different, right? And I think yeah, that yeah. makes a difference to me. Um, one of the things I like, um, and, and it, I'll speak to one of the things I don't like. Um, <laughs> it drives me nuts when someone is attacked, uh, whether it's – Dr. Jahab or when it's um, you know, people attack at the Black Lives Matter movement or, or whenever someone is attacked by shitty people, when moderates or centrists or whatever you want to call them come out and try and do the no true Scotsman and be like, oh, no, 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 the, the province of Saskatchewan doesn't believe this. Don't worry, Dr. Jahab, we're not all like this. Um, and it, it stops being about uh, – like – it becomes more about trying to defend the province rather than affirm right. the person who's attacked. Yeah, um, and sure. I, this didn't have that feel to it, which I liked. Um, and it, it, you know, instead of saying the province isn't like this, saying to the province, be better 
Um, yeah. Don't be like this and saying to Dr. Shaw, we do support you. Not trying to say, oh, don't worry. No one actually doesn't like you. Like, no, we like, let's acknowledge the fact that there are people out there who are being shitty to Dr. Shahab, mm-hmm. um, partly based on paranoia, partly based on conspiracy theories. And I think we'd be blind to not acknowledge that it's partly based on racism. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah, those are sure. all key elements that, you know, we still got to recognize that that's part of it. But in general, um, I love it. Um, I love the fact that we had some NDP MLAs joining the parade. Um, uh, you know, the premier tweeted out, I stand with Shahab. Um, so it's, it is sort of, um, uh, multi-partisan, uh, bipartisan, bipartisan. Um, yeah. Yeah. non bipartisan. Um, so that's good. Um, I'm, I'm happy that, and it, like, I guess Dr. Shahab to some degree makes the perfect, um, bipartisan or nonpartisan guy. Cause I'm pretty sure he's was, has been appointed by the conservatives. Like they were the, yeah. they were in government when he got his current job. Um, but at this point, this is a supporting medicine and supporting science seems to have become a left wing <laughs> yeah. thing when it comes, when it comes to COVID. The left is equally yeah. bad about ignoring science in other things. But on this specific issue, the left has seemed to more align they're, itself with the scientific consensus. Yep. So. Yeah, they're on the right. The left is on the right side. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's the good news part. Yes. I, where do you want to go from there? Or do you want to say more about that? I just talked no, a lot I got, about it. <laughs> no, I got, I don't have much else to say about it. Like I said, I said my piece. I, uh, if when people are saying somebody's a hero for doing their job, I, I often go, wow, maybe we shouldn't be doing that. But <laughs> most of it, yeah, didn't look like yeah. it was too bad. And I like, I like positive vibes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it when people are being, upbeat and happy and supportive uh for somebody in our province yeah so. no i definitely agree with that do we want uh, to uh go into saskatoon's new rules for for uber for uber for uber uh, and lyft and all yeah, of that you're probably gonna have a lot more understanding and knowledge on this one than i am but well initially because i've been talking about this for months i got an alert uh with the understanding that it was the city council in Regina that was trying to impose these new rules. Okay. Um, I'm trying to find the link so I can post it up in the video. Um, <laughs> it was the, it was from the 29th. Okay. 29th. That's when the story came out. There we go. All right. So, this is this is what I was talking about though when I was talking about um possibly needing uh cameras possibly needing a uh specific number of licenses or a specific license that uh co- would cost more money for drivers uh and no surprise cab companies uh and cab drivers are the ones complaining about it being unfair I'm I'm not really going to weigh in one way or the other as to that. I see where they're coming from. Uh, I, I like, I don't want to compete against other people who are struggling, right. <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, I, I think Uber is, uh, also a powerful 
company that has a lot of money to throw around and is probably going to do what they can to push this in whatever. I mean, Uber just defeated, like what didn't, it wasn't that long ago. They defeated a, uh, bill in California and Saskatoon is not as powerful as the state of California. (laughs) The flip side is that like Saskatoon is not as powerful as the state of California. It's also, not as important to Uber as the state That's of California. That's true. Yeah, they, like, if they spend money here or there, it'll be out of concern for the precedent rather than because they actually care. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, it's of course they don't care. <laughs> um, but hey, they, they, like if anything, they'll care about the precedent. So yeah, the uh, the let's see. It says the counts on Monday. Counselors were provided with twelve different options for increased regulations, including including placing a cap on the number of ride-hailing cars in the city, which I'm not entirely against because uh, even in Regina, if you like anywhere you go, if you have too many uh, suppliers, yep. then you don't, then you're each of them gets less customers or fewer customers. Yeah. <laughs> Although will that mean that customers get fewer like restricted access when they need rides unless you're forcing drivers to work a set number of hours per week. And then you're just talking about a job. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It changes it. Like anytime all of the dynamics they want to change, uh, it's going to change the entire, like all the regulations they want to add is going to change the entire dynamic of the app. So it has to, so I could see Uber actually push putting a lot of effort into this, or if the restrictions become regulations become too restrictive for uh, them, then they will just pull out of the city of Saskatoon. Yeah, there yeah. are lots of cities within Canada that still don't have Uber. Saskatoon would just be another one of them. Yeah. Well, Regina's only had it what two years now? Uh, yeah, about a year. Give and or a half. take. Yeah, yeah. Um, May of two thousand nineteen, I think it was. Okay. Yeah. No, I know for sure. I knew for sure it was 2019. So, um, yeah, because so yeah. I started right after it came to the city. I was I okay. think two two weeks or three weeks after it started. Gotcha. So, so yeah, I, I'm. I don't know the answer myself. This is definitely one of those ones where I I do know. Like I think back, you know, to to the time before Uber. Um, and you know it was a different world twenty years ago, um, <laughs> right? So obviously, um, but I like I remember that feeling of needing to take a cab to work and having to wait an hour. Yeah, um, yeah, and never and, and not being sure it was going to show up, <laughs> and not being sure it was going to show up, right? Because we didn't have an app. Now again, I think modern day taxi companies have. I don't know if they have switched the app because I haven't taken a taxi in forever. Um, I just don't bother because it's so much easier to take an Uber, which I guess I understand why the taxi companies are upset. Yeah. But this is that thing where people like the things they're used to. And if the pre-existing businesses had adapted to the changing world soon enough they wouldn't be having these issues um if cab companies had switched to having an app that let you track the cabs like we wouldn't have uber people would then just still be taking cabs but 
20 years ago, if I, and, and I'm, I think even 10 years ago, if you wanted to take a cab, there was you, no phone, <laughs> you phoned someone, you yeah. waited on hold maybe for 30 seconds. You may have even waited on hold for 45 minutes. You get a really rude and disrespectful person who treats you like shit, who, you know, treats you like an inconvenience. Yep. Um, you let them know where you need the, when and where you need the cab. Um, and if you, they, they say, sure, fine. And, and we'll hang up on you without giving you any information. If you stop them and ask, oh, 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 can you let me know roughly how long that will be? They would say, oh, somewhere between five and 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and when the cab gets there, yeah. they won't come ring your doorbell or anything like that. You have no way of knowing. So you need to like sit in your window and look, or if you're in an apartment, go downstairs and wait Stand outside or wait yeah. in the lobby. And so you're waiting for maybe five minutes, maybe for 45. And then an hour passes and you phone and you ask, hey, the cab still hasn't come yet. And the person you're speaking to isn't actually the dispatcher, right? So they don't actually know. So they'll guess, oh, it's, it'll be there any minute. And then 20 minutes later, you phoned back. Oh, though they said they came and they came and no one was there. And no one phoned me. Like, like that was the cab experience 10, 20 minutes ago. And that, I, that's not just an anecdotal account. No. Right? Like that's like, literally that, that's happened everybody to me more I've times than I can count. Right. And then you go, okay, well, I need to make it to the, like, and that's different when it's 2.30 and the 2.30 a.m. You're outside the bar. You know what? You kind of have to plan for that 2.30 a.m. Yeah. outside the bar. But this would be like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I was a university student. 3 o'clock in the afternoon, done classes and needed to go to my part-time job. Yeah. Um, and now I'm late for work because of a cabin. Like these things snowball. Um, and yep. like, okay, I need to go to the airport. So I'm going to phone in advance. And again, you're, you're hit or miss if they're going to show up half hour early and you're not ready and then they just leave and you have to call a second cab or they are late. Like, and not always. It wasn't always bad service, but it certainly wasn't as consistent as Uber. And even when you got good service, sometimes you were, again, at three o'clock in the afternoon waiting an hour. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I, I've never had those issues with Uber or Lyft. as a, as a driver, like I say, that's every single passenger that I've had and I have taken over 950 trips <laughs> with passengers. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's almost a thousand different people yeah. that have all said, I will never go back to cabs. The yeah. service I had was awful. I had to yeah. wait for an hour. I got stranded yeah. outside of this place. I didn't get a ride. Like if you want to, like it's okay that the, it's, I get that the drivers and the companies are frustrated that they have to compete with Uber. I yep. get that. But if you want to compete, then you have to provide a service that people are going to be drawn to. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, I would rather like, I would actually rather support a salaried employee who gets benefits for what they're doing. I'd rather support someone who is not an quote unquote independent contractor. I'd rather support someone who, um, but even like, it's not like the, the taxis had a lot of that too. A lot of them were considered independent contractors yep. as well. Um, the cab, the cab companies worked in a very similar, um, exploitive manner to yep. Uber and Lyft. It just, it was a different, slightly different business model, but it was no less exploitive. Yeah. Um, and there was issues with these permanent taxi licenses. Um, and this, I like, 
I remember talking to a, I think this was again 20 years ago, so who knows what it's like today, but talking to a cab driver who didn't own his own license. He was like, he, there was a cab license and someone else owned that cab license and he was yeah. paying them to drive during the hours um, when the other guy didn't want to or couldn't. Yeah. Um, and yeah. like he was saying, like, I'm hoping to eventually one day save up and buy my own taxi license, which will then be an investment because I'm going to save up. I think, was, I think at the time, again, a million years ago, like 250000 or $300,000 to save up to yeah. buy this license, which you would then hopefully, you know, sell for half a million someday. Um, I got to imagine those yeah. have bottomed out since the advent of Uber oh, yeah. and Lyft. Like that completely undercuts those values yeah. because of what – why the hell would you want a taxi license at this point? Right. Um, yeah. The, but. uh, I, I mean, when I first started Uber, I followed the Uber news pretty closely mm -hmm. and there was a New York times, uh, podcast episode and article that came out around that time, uh, about New York city. Yeah. And because they have, I can these, only imagine the gold medallions that are, they, they auction off for like, they have like a select number of them. They auction yeah. them off for like $2 million yeah. to drive a fucking cab in New York city. And now you're competing with somebody who just needed to fill out a form and get a background yeah. check and on, on an app. Yeah. And I mean, the system sucked. Yeah. <laughs> and like New York and London, England, might be some of the only places I would consider getting a cab because I know in those yeah. two cities, there are such rigid rules around like there's these taxi exams um, where like more complex than like master's level university <laughs> final exams right. where they have to memorize every single road in the entire city yeah. and the best routes to get where they're going and all that. Like it was super intense uh, from everything I've heard about them. Um, but even then at the same time, that's a lot of education around something that an app can do probably just as well, because yeah. I don't care how well, you know, a city, a little GPS on someone's phone probably is going to do it better in 2021. Yep. Um, so, and like I said, those would be the only two that I might consider. <laughs> yeah. It is pretty rare that the GPS uh, on Google Maps doesn't have the fastest route. Yeah. I, I often, uh, I mean, I know a lot of the places in, into the city off by heart now. Yeah. But, I still look at the map because the route that they have from the location I'm at to the location I'm going to is often better than the one I can construct in my head instantly. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, and in Regina, it's not like Regina is not quite big enough for this to take effect, but like in larger centers, the ability of Google maps to take into account traffic issues yeah. um, is yeah. huge. I remember this was going back several years ago. Um, I was going through the States and, um, this we had done that once before, and the second year we did it, I paid whatever it was to have um, roaming data so I could use my Google Maps better. Because the first time I did it, I printed off a bunch of maps and shit. <laughs> and I remember it paid for itself as we drove through Chicago because we were driving along, and all of a sudden I got a little notification ping up on the phone that said, there's been an accident. The route you're taking is now going to be two and a half hours longer than when you originally <laughs> Um, picked at. Right. I can't remember their wording, but it was basically like there were two different ways to get from 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 where you are to where you're going. This one took 
15 minutes longer. So we told you to do this one, the second one. But now, but now that second one's two and a half hours longer. So this one saves you two hours and 15 minutes. Do you want yeah. to switch? I'm like, yes, you have now paid for yourself because <laughs> yeah. you just got me two and a half, two hours less in rush hour Chicago traffic. Like done, <laughs> sold, pays for yeah, itself. No right. And, and again, that's that whole like the Uber drivers will have that. And I hope cab drivers are now starting to do that as yeah. well. I would yeah. hope that, but like they're playing catch up. Um, and it, it, again, if they had just, if they had been ahead of the curve, and this is again what capitalism is supposed to do, right? If they had been ahead of the curve, <laughs> they would have, um, they would have started doing these things first. And now you have a new upstart doing these things. So the cab companies are being forced to adapt and compete. Like, again, this is at the macro level. <laughs> capitalism does drive innovation at times. Um, so again, it, I just, yeah. I don't know. I, I still want not, I don't want Uber to be regulated to benefit cab companies. I want Uber to be regulated so that the drivers aren't treated like garbage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that the reason that I look at it and go, okay, well maybe they should limit the number of drivers is because yeah. if you yeah. limit the number of drivers, each driver makes who's on there can make more. Even if I am one of the people who doesn't get his license because I didn't get in early enough or whatever, like that's one of those things that benefits the actual workers that are doing the job. Yeah. And there's a trade off because it hurts the consumer. Um, and it hurts the consumer. <laughs> yeah. It hurts the consumer's ability to exploit the worker, right? Um, yeah. Because essentially it is exploitive to have an Uber driver just sitting around not getting paid waiting for you <laughs> at the back end call. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, and hopefully you could have a balance there, right? Yeah. Where, you know, you have the right number so that you maximize the number of people yeah. who can access it. And what I'd it's love never to gonna see, be perfect, but what I'd love to see is, um, something in place like that, you know, idle time is still compensated, but like Uber is required to compensate for idle time. Um, that would be, or, uh, yeah. Uh, or, or say like if your income over the course of X period of time doesn't reach minimum wage, you're at least supplemented up to mim minimum wage. Um, yeah. This, of course, is what the understanding I think minimum wage should be higher. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, the, uh, the interesting yeah. thing, like I know that Uber can uh, because they did it at the very start when it was in the city. They can uh, uh, guarantee you a, an, a certain wage. Yeah. Where if you don't make enough trips to get that wage, then you will get paid X number of dollars. They yeah. did it for the first two months that we had Uber in the city. They guaranteed us $20 an hour on certain dates and times. So you made sure you drove during those times. Yep. <laughs> so that, yeah. And like, again, even if it's not, yeah, even if it isn't $20 an hour, if it, yeah. you know, wherever it falls, I, again, I don't, I don't have a problem. I, in fact, I think, City should do that. And it, again, a net of minimum wage. And again, a net so that you're uh, mile, minus mileage and gas, right? So right, probably yeah. does work. My guess is it probably does actually work close to $20 when you, when you do a net minimum wage because you're bringing into account your own costs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 again, it's this idea that 
it's this phenomenon where people who aren't business owners get treated like business owners. Because if you're driving an Uber, you're <laughs> right. not really a business owner. Um, yeah, it, it's it's we have a lot of this mentality that came out within uh, multi-level marketing, where you tell a bunch of people who are in a pyramid scheme that they're they're a business owner and they're not. Uh, I think the same thing is happening with Uber is they found a loophole where instead of having to follow workplace guidelines, having to treat their employees because yeah. you're they really functionally are employees. Um, so instead yeah. of having to treat employees at the bare minimum that labor laws require, you say, Oh, well, we're going to magically pretend they're not employees. We're going to call them independent contractors. So we don't actually have to follow the labor laws for employees. Um, I think that's exploitive and that's something that, you know, should obviously be dealt with, but yeah, yeah. We'll, see. we'll see as far as like, the, I also still want to be able to, pop on my app and have a car show up at my house in under yep. 10 minutes. So, yep. and the thing is like, as a, as an Uber driver, I want to be able to turn that Uber app on and off as I wish. Yeah. You know, and yeah. there are some of these things are going to change that. Yeah. Um, as far as, as far as the dash cams, uh, everybody can get an app that's free on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that you have a front facing camera and a, and a rear facing camera so that you can be covered. Um, just place, put your phone in a good spot so you can see everything. And, yeah. Or yeah. buy a $20 webcam. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure. You, yeah, you could get one for a decent price. That's not much. I, I don't know how that works as far as plugging one into your phone goes. Um, and like if you want to get more expensive and get a Bluetooth one, it'll be more expensive. But yeah. yeah, just the type that can plug into a computer are not that much and will drop once COVID ends because there's – a run on them because of everyone being Yeah, Yeah, I bought one for work that I just bought out of my own pocket and it wasn't very expensive because I yeah. wanted to have a better camera when I was meeting with clients. Um, so yeah. anyways, that's, so that's, that's the that. story of that. Um, <laughs> there is, I don't know if you want to talk about this um, because I didn't watch it and I'm obviously not going to watch a video while you and I are, are doing this right now. Um, but there was that advanced Regina, oh. um, story that, sure. uh, that was, and again, I guess we're going back a little bit to talk about the, uh, the Regina city council issue. Cause I think it's related to that, but yeah. it seemed like there was, it's super fishy, fucking pretty <laughs> weird shit going on when it comes we, to this advanced Regina. Group. We can watch this ad uh, if you want. Um, I can share or at least to some extent, like we don't have to watch the whole thing. Sure. Okay. Normally when I do streaming videos, like uh, me and me and Renee, uh, mm-hmm. my friend, uh, we have been doing uh, a critique of PragerU videos. So yeah. we'll just watch a little bit and then stop and chat. And I was going to let this play all the way through, but my goodness, I can't, I can't do it. It's fair. <laughs> yeah. Like, it opens saying the Regina city council is in danger of being overrun by radical leftists. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> The world, it would be so much better if everybody that was accused of being a radical leftist. Like, I don't think I am a radical leftist, but I kind of actually would prefer a few more of them 
in power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least a balance in some way. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it kind of spe- again, I don't want to go back to the the story itself all that much, but it kind of speaks to like I don't know his Regina made the big time that we're getting weird creepy YouTube ads. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, we are now the big time. We <laughs> successfully reached propaganda levels because <laughs> like this isn't this isn't sort of like a small little like it's 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 shitty in its content but like it's this isn't this is professionally made this isn't just yeah. some guy in his basement and they're paying to do targeted facebook ads and okay so let's let's say we're not going to watch the rest of the video but okay this is a facebook page that only has 16 likes. <laughs> okay, so maybe it's it, maybe it's not their, big time. Their Twitter account, like they have a website, um, advancedregina.ca. Uh, don't go there. <laughs> it's um, yeah, I don't know. They have a Twitter account. I can't remember how many Twitter followers they have, but it's not very many. Um, a friend of mine, uh, he took a look. He tried to find out where this was coming from, and yeah, okay, that has me curious as well. Like, where's the money to pay for all of this coming from? Well, it has to be um, some oil co- or energy I would company. Think right? so, right? But like, they're you know, I did go to their website. There's very little there. They don't yeah. have any information about who they are. Um, yeah, it's 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 super thin, and it looks like it was created purely to do this one ad. Like, there's very little to it other than just yeah, this, this one thing, this one um, issue. And again, they don't say who they are. Um, yeah, it's, it's again, it's really it's really weird. But also, even like their rhetoric, like I did we not learn things from the U.S. Um, where you start talking about going is, after city councilors and talking yeah. about we need to put city council on notice. It's clear oh, yeah. this new city council needs to be put on notice. Like, okay. <laughs> this is the funny thing too. Like lumping cannabis, lumping energy companies with cannabis, tobacco and pornography. Okay. So I don't remember anybody comparing those. <laughs> no, that's because that, no, they are though. That is what what's happening. Um, because, um, those are the three categories that aren't allowed to be advertised currently. So the, the proposed, um, I don't even think it's a lot, but like the proposed motion was to have oil and gas advertising in the same category as cannabis, tobacco, and pornography okay. um, advertising. So, um, but again, we very loosely define what counts as pornography. Um, right. I understand why we don't, we don't allow tobacco advertising. I actually don't, yes. again, don't have that yeah. much of a problem with that one. Um, I'm not and, entirely sure why we allow, um, like why we, why is alcohol a restricted one as well? Like why I don't is cannabis it is. in there? I don't, I think, I think alcohol is fine. So then cannabis should be fine. I would think yeah, unless it should be, but it's not. And like, obviously, I don't think we should be showing pornographic 
material right. on the side of a bus. Um, like nobody thinks that's a good idea, right? Uh, the, yeah, sort of like that's consu- that's consuming the product publicly rather than just advertising the product right. publicly. Um, but again, we we have a province that doesn't allow strip clubs where people can act consensually and like. Uh, yeah. So yeah. It, again, it's is these people who believe in free market right wing ideals right up until it butts up against their own personal sense of socially yes. conservative morality. So I, I love this this line: the ideological attack on the hardworking people of the energy sector. Uh, that's not what I got from it. It was a, a genuine I- attempt to. You know, figure out whether or not advertising for oil energy companies was a, a good yeah. idea. So, but <laughs> this again, is a really it's, shitty framing. Uh, but yeah, um, but again, this idea, and again, it, it's the calling, and, and they don't explicitly call for violence against city councilors. So I don't want to have an, an issue of me libeling or slandering them by saying they're right. explicitly calling for violence against city council. Um, but the idea of having people, yeah, yeah, in the environment that exists in the world today, um, some of the language they use is pretty sketchy. Um, um, yeah. You and I are pretty anti-Scott Moe and anti-Sask Party at times, um, <laughs> but I would never use uh, some of the language that they use about the Regina City Council, um, both in the ad and on their website, regarding yeah. Scott Moe. Like, I would never yeah. talk about um, talk about Scott Moe in that manner. So, yeah, the uh, they try to frame this statement as uh, an outrageous statement uh, against Scott Moe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this. Uh, Mr. Mo should stay in his lane and out of municipal politics. This is <laughs> so I don't see how that's, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it except, yeah, no, and I didn't want to spend too much time on it. And I guess I, we, we covered a lot of that at the beginning, but yeah, <sighs> I, I thought, I thought discussing that specific organization and some of their language is, is pretty. This is, it's, it is interesting to me that Saskatchewan has reached, uh, Republican campaign propaganda levels of advertising. Yeah. So <laughs> ah, you see a lot of you see a lot of Sask Party supporters with Trump flags on their pickup trucks. So it's true. And I before the U.S. election, I did actually see somebody with a MAGA hat in oh, yeah. Superstore in uh, I believe it was the East End. Yep. <clears throat> so so we're not immune to it here. No, and there's lots of trucks with stickers and yeah. Yep. Um, so what else do we, do we want to touch base at all on the COVID spending in the province? Sure. Um, there was the report that came out, um, where there's a $1.4 billion in contingency funds, um, that, uh, are supposed to be getting spent on dealing with COVID and, or no, it was uh, mostly an allo- un- unallocated infrastructure. Um, mm. And there's 160 million left in the COVID fund. Um, right. So there's a bunch of basically a bunch of money for a bunch of things that just aren't getting spent on the things so, they're supposed to be getting spent. Yeah. On. So what is he doing? Like just nothing? 
like sitting on his hands. Like, I mean, I keep using that same phrase on Twitter and on Facebook. He's sitting on his hands doing nothing, waiting yeah. till this all blows over. <laughs> like, I don't know. This is, yeah. I, I'm just so disappointed in him as like the premier as <laughs> a province. And I just wish he wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> So and it's uh, it goes on. Um, other highlights include, um, you know, the federal government contributing more for COVID healthcare and education. Um, so the, again, the federal government is is contributing, and the province just isn't matching or spending the way they're supposed to. Yeah. So. So I don't know. I. I... Yeah, and it seems like so many of these things, like uh, like other provinces, are doing it badly as well at times. Um, Alberta specifically comes up a lot, uh, but Saskatchewan yeah. seems yeah. to be actually in a lot of these things being even worse than Alberta. Um, we are one of the worst. <laughs> yeah, well, and for COVID itself, per capita, we are the worst. Yeah, that's um, right. So, like, we are we are doing the worst of any province when it comes to actual the disease itself, but, um, which I guess translates, you know, um, the, translates into the money being spent as well. If we're not, if we're not spending money that's allocated towards dealing with this, it makes sense that it's not getting dealt with. Yeah. I, uh, Oh, um, one of the interesting things I saw, I don't know if I found the link for it in this, but, uh, a significant percentage of the population of Saskatchewan actually said that they think that we could have more restrictions and it would be good. Um, so we could have a stronger reaction to COVID and you wouldn't, I mean, your, your, uh, anti-mask protesters are going to be loud no matter what, but yeah. So, well, especially with these new strains coming out, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens between now and oh, when, there it is. Um, yeah, when vaccination occurs. Well, and and uh, we're a little behind on that because uh, apparently all of Canada is a little behind on that. Um, they say it's going to take us a while to uh, at the current rate it's going to take us a very long time to get everybody vaccinated, but yeah. Yeah. So majority of Sask residents say, uh, COVID restrictions don't go far enough. So, uh, yeah. two out of three Saskatchewan respondents, I don't know, uh, 1500 people surveyed and with 67% said the rules are in insufficient. Um, and 25 said they're about right. Um, so that leaves us with what? 8% that say they are too far. Yeah, the loudest eight percent, nine percent. They said, yeah, nine percent say they go too far. So there's there's rounding because that yeah. adds up to that adds up to a hundred and one percent. But um, that's the those are the people you're arguing with on Facebook. Those those are the yeah. people in in the Reddit. Those are the people protesting. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, at this point, the flip side, only fifty six percent of the province said they're going to get vaccinated. <laughs> so <laughs> there's good news and bad news in that study. Um, yeah. Wow. <sighs> no, not that's not that's not good. What are we doing? 
yeah. So the sixty-seven percent who think the restrictions don't go far enough, and the six and the should be the same group that says they will get vaccinated. <laughs> You'd think. <laughs> What's happening but, there? <laughs> it, again, so much of this comes down to identity rather than science, right? It's yeah. you have anti-vax like the social distance supporters and the mask supporters tend to like the anti-maskers and the anti-social distancers tend to be pretty consistently on the right end of the spectrum the anti-vaccine folks come from both the right and the left yeah that's true. um so again i think it you, you have a number of people whose identities are pretty heavily entwined um with the anti-vaccine movement um so yeah <sighs> COVID just isn't deadly enough for that to be be overcome. Um, I guess, yeah. So that's There's, that's they're worried, I, but I, they're not worried. I enough. also <laughs> do hope that as more and more people are vaccinated, that number does start to go up. Um, yeah, ideally. Um, so we'll we'll see. Um, I think a lot of people um, are scared because it's so early on and they don't think it's been tested enough. Um, so that's it. Like, again, for the both sides, you know, or the, the two sides to every story, I, you know, a lot of people are angry that this hasn't been tested enough, but I had someone online the other day talking about um, how awful Trudeau is and how awful the federal government is and how we shouldn't have tested as much as we did and how these vaccines should have been approved for use way quicker without <laughs> nearly as much testing. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. They were, they were doing the, oh, if Trudeau had been in, have Trudeau had been in charge during world war two, we would have lost because he wouldn't have done anything with this idea that, you know, <laughs> testing, the vaccine for the extra month or not approving things that have been approved other places as quickly as they were approved other places. So you definitely do have people on both sides of, of that I guess piece so. of it. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the idea that only 56% think we should be that said that they are going to go get vaccinated is mind boggling. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of that number. no, no. Um, but again, it's one of those things where both the, um, as it seems so frequently, the people who, um, want more restrictions on social, like want more restrictions and are most likely to get vaccinated are people who live in the, the urban centers. Right. Um, uh, the yeah. urban center, like for the, uh, the calls for more restrictions, um, in large urban centers are 77%. Um, of respondents within the major urban centers think we should have more restrictions. So up from should 67% we, province wide. We are approaching, like we're at an hour now. Yeah. So. Uh, but so we could cut it off uh, soon. I, I want to uh, do go over a little bit of feedback we got. Oh um, yeah, let's do that. So talked about COVID. Let's so, can switch to feedback. We, uh, we only got one comment on, uh, on the YouTube's, so okay. I want to share this with you. Uh, our, uh, our friend home fire at home fire Sask on Twitter uh, does the show true North radio on YouTube uh, mm -hmm. said, I'm appreciating this two points. I, I love to hear how love to hear how exploitative deregulation in trucking and transport remains dehumanizing to workers and in total disregard for public safety. 
Also a good point about bad behavior being rewarded in sports and evil corporate lawyers are rewarded too. So that was uh, on our, we talked about uh, the Humboldt Broncos driver uh, uh, crash situation. And uh, did we talk about bad behavior being rewarded in sports? I don't remember that piece of it. (laughs) I think that was, I think that was part of the uh, analogies and comparisons. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I need to listen to what I say more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, but I always appreciate uh, uh, some feedback from uh, at home fire Sask, uh, home fire SK. That's awesome. Yeah, I I also try to remember like when did I talk about evil corporate lawyers? I actually have a lot of sympathy for lawyers. <laughs> 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 They're doing their job. Yes, some definitely are. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they pick and choose who they work for, but once they're yeah. working for someone, I I've I've. Uh, I've developed a soft spot for defense lawyers. <laughs> yeah. Um the uh the propaganda that I consumed as a youth and over my I guess early adulthood uh often portrayed uh defense prosecu- defense lawyers as the bad guys uh yeah. trying to get those guilty criminals off the off and uh now I just see it as like they're trying to get uh defendants <laughs> their human rights <laughs> to yeah. a fair trial. <laughs> yeah. Even prosecutors, I. Yeah. Often the they're... fact that they get lumped in with cops, I think is um, bad. Like, <laughs> I, I think like, yeah. And I think sometimes they bring it on themselves. Like the, uh, again, this is going to the U.S., but like the yeah. um, Kamala Harris issue where she called herself the top cop. Um, I think that was bad word choice on her part. <laughs> and I understand why she did it because she needed to do it um, to appeal to the more centrist um, folks uh, within her party. But like she wasn't. She was not a cop. Prosecuting right. attorney is not a police officer, period. Right. They are like as long as we have – a justice system that is a role that like is vital and critical and needs to be filled. Um, and we could, if I, if this was a podcast about more American politics, I would go into a lot more defense of Harris, but, um, as in, in general, yeah, lawyers yeah, have a job a, to do and it's important. Exactly. One. Yeah. I, I recently spoke to Alex Vitale, uh, uh, the author of the book end of the end of policing. Yeah. Uh, and he said, like, he isn't anti, uh, like he's a, a, he's got a lot of problems with policing, obviously. (laughs) And, and, and and he, he talked about, uh, getting more progressive, uh, uh, prosecuting attorneys in places in the U S and I'm sure there are plenty of, uh, progressive ones here. Uh, I don't think our system is quite as flawed as the u.s uh but it's it's not not great great. (laughs) not gonna give us a a lot of props there but no and on youtube uh uh sorry yeah (laughs) no no let's we're doing the we're doing the feedback thing uh, on youtube uh das richard said on it was our uh our video not the last video but the one before um he said uh that the minimum wage should be 25 dollars and all right, 
<laughs> I, I'm not going to argue with that. I know there's actually a lot of people uh, in some leftist circles that I'm uh, engaged in that are are of the opinion that that's nonsense and would crash the economy. <laughs> but I disagree with those people. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's one of those ones where. There, there is probably a point where if you make minimum – if you cross that certain line with minimum wage, it does become too high. Um, I don't know if $25 is it and I haven't bothered to find out or haven't bothered to look into it because it's like saying, you know, if everyone was given a free pet ferry, would that cause issues with pet control? Like it's irrelevant because <laughs> it's not – on the horizon like there's no yeah. point in worrying about whether $25 is going to crash the economy because we are so far from having a $25 minimum wage yeah. that there's no point in worrying about what that would do to the economy let's talk about what $15 minimum wage would do to the we economy which is start. boosted <laughs> right? yeah. like we should have been yeah. at $15 minimum wage more than a decade ago yeah. um, at this point $15 minimum wage is yeah still too low it's yeah. still too low. Um, yeah. We could but, start yeah. the campaign for $25 minimum wage right now. Yeah. And by the time we get it, it will be too low. <laughs> so that, that's, that's where that is. <laughs> but it's interesting. Like it's, I was under the impression and I guess this is this is that thing where the whole left right spectrum is bullshit and <laughs> isn't a real yeah. thing. Um, but wasn't this the same person who thought we were just – a bunch of radical lefties talking nothing but left wing talking uh, no, points. No, he was the one who commented about us uh, being wrong um, on royalties. Yes, misrepresenting so, royalties. Yeah, so which he is, is fair because again, I did a gross simplification on royalties rather than <laughs> getting into the nuts and bolts of it. He, he is a conservative person in general, right. but okay. he has a lot of progressive ideas uh, and does actually yeah. is very pro worker. Like so, okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. That's <laughs> this is. Um, I guess no. This is still relates to a Saskatchewan political issue. Um, going about to the and we talked about the uh, the pipeline um, mm -hmm. last week. But um, the one thing I all of a sudden the number of conservatives who have become so incredibly or sorry so incredibly pro union within the last <laughs> two weeks is. <laughs> Unbelievable. People who a month earlier were talking about how all unions are parasites and unions yeah. will be the destruction and, oh, unions were useful in the 30s, but they're no longer needed and they're garbage and awful and how much, how, how destructive unions are. All of a sudden, the day after Keystone XL was vetoed or But what about up. the union workers? It's all of a sudden the unions are the <laughs> most important thing in the world. These are union jobs. I think I've heard the term union jobs by conservatives more in the last two weeks than yeah. I have heard the phrase union jobs from leftists in the previous <laughs> two years. It is remarkable yeah, how right. all of a sudden union jobs are the, the sacred cow of the conservative movement in Saskatchewan and Alberta. And in the U.S. within the oil industry, it is yeah, it is I, remarkable how all of a sudden they've seen the light on how wonderful and amazing unions are. And I, yeah. again, 
because in honor of uh, uh, today's uh, commitment to sarcasm, I am 100% certain this commitment to seeing how important union jobs um, will certainly stay true and stay consistent going forward. And yeah. they certainly will not all of a sudden backtrack on that as soon as this Keystone XL issue has passed. Yeah. No, of course not. Yeah. They genuinely care about unions. Yeah, all of a sudden, yes. All of a sudden, <laughs> unions are super important to them, and union jobs are super important to them, and that will not yeah. fade at all. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Drinking some well, water. Um, I think we can start closing out the show. Awesome. So if you want to uh, find us, you can go to anchor.fm slash from many peoples. You can leave us a voicemail there if you want. Um, our Twitter is at skpoliticspod. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash strengthpod, And our email is frommanypeoples at gmail.com. Yay! Thanks for joining me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks once again, Corey. It was a... Uh... <laughs> I think I needed to get some things off my chest. <laughs> it was a good venting episode. <laughs> yeah. It's the, I was going to say, yeah. it's, the, it's the cliche, you know, a uh, middle-aged white guy will have a podcast prior to going to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if I could afford therapy, I would. I yeah, would you also- go to therapy, but this still lets me get things off my chest. My therapist yeah. doesn't want to hear my thoughts on Saskatchewan politics. So, <laughs> <laughs> Right. See? Yeah. <laughs> They'll be all like, but what about your life? What's going on in your life? <laughs> no, let me let me tell you why I'm angry about rural Saskatchewan. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. Well, thanks. Thank you for letting me have time on my uh, my weekend. Second therapy. To, yeah. Have second therapy on, on Sunday evenings to talk about Saskatchewan you politics. Bet.